0: And the whole mission with Got Your Six is, um, we use the power of coffee to brew better days for our country, and we do that in such a way where we help first responders, veterans, healthcare professionals, their families through a variety of nonprofits that we're passionate about, and um, like I said, just trying to use the power of coffee to to do good for the country.
1: This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel,
0: action sports, culture, and more.
1: What's up, and welcome to episode 48 of Life in Motion. Um, I'm here with Eric Hadley today, who's the founder of Got Your Six Coffee. Not only do they make uh, awesome coffee, but they also are kind of built on an awesome mission. Um, I actually first met Eric, or I think it was around the first time that you were kind of getting Got Your Six off the ground at Mm -hmm. One Million Cups, and you presented... Um, and I kind of remember sitting back there as he was kind of presenting about his company and the mission and just um, was kind of blown away by the passion, um, the vision, and the obvious love for that he had for the mission behind Got Your Six. Um, so with that, I'm really excited for him to share a story today. Uh, but thank you for being here.
0: I appreciate it. thank you.
1: Of course. So before we get into everything that you're doing, um, let's 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 talk about you a little bit. What is your story? How did you get to where you are today? Hobbies where you grew up? What adventures have you been on?
0: Who am I, huh? (laughs) Uh, Name's Eric Hadley. I grew up in Paris, Texas. Uh, Graduated high school in 95. Went to New Mexico Military Institute. Um, Did that for two years. It's a military prep school. Transferred to Maine Maritime Academy. Graduated there. Commissioned United States Navy engineering background, engineering degree. Went to work for Military Sealift Command and... Uh, my life just went crazy from there it was I mean three years of college at Maine Maritime by the time I graduated Maine I'd already been to 19 different countries Wow. Uh, did that whole um, summer abroad type thing where you're on a ship traveling so every summer I was traveling to different places and then uh, just got bit with the travel bug you know it was one of those like you say, you grow up a small-town country boy. And, <laughs> yeah, I'd been a couple different states, and but then just traveling the world and starting that. Did that for, what, 13 years? Almost 13 years. Um, been to 59 different countries. Had so many different adventures. Small passport. Yeah, and a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to get mine renewed a couple times. <laughs> so it's it's just been awesome um love adventure love getting out um me personally i'm outdoor kinds of guy you know growing up i was i was the one uh who spent my summers at scout camp and would disappear for you know a couple months in the summertime <laughs> always being outside um, hiking fishing camping you know, i was i'm the type of guy that's in high school we would get up at Four four thirty in the morning, and a couple of buddies of mine, we'd go fishing. Yeah, before school, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, that's some dedication. To do yeah, that, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about the adventure. I mean, that's um, anybody can go buy something or or yeah. whatever, but how many people can say they've done something? Yeah, the experience. And, uh, so that's I've always been always up for adventure. You know, if it's something that we can go have fun and experience something new and have uh an adventure that i'm I'm all about it
1: that's awesome so so you like you said kind of grew up small town kid um and then got to travel abroad fairly early i mean some some people i I feel like can kind of they react differently when they travel to somewhere new that's outside of the states Mm -hmm. um what did, did you ever have a feeling like that, I mean, kind of getting thrown into that, or did you just kind of get hooked right away, or like, was there like a moment there that you just got like, hey, this is, this is what I want to do for a, a stint?
0: My first trip outside the continental United States was after graduation of high school, my parents took us a family vacation to Cancun. Okay and
1: it's good places test the waters yeah, right. yeah exactly <laughs> test the waters because
0: that's at that point my goal was to go on a ship and um i say after high school it was after new mexico military institute after my siblings high school and um being the first time on a ship like we went uh, i say ship it was a we went deep sea fishing yeah and went out there and it was funny to watch like my uh some friends that were with us getting sick, and we're out there getting thrown around on this, you know, so rough waters 40, for 40, 50 foot <laughs> fishing boat, and I'm just loving it. But uh, travel bug bit me. Just the you had that, and then within a year, I had gone to my freshman year. We sailed, left Maine Maritime Academy, went to Reykjavik, Iceland. Uh, on the way there, we stopped at the Um, the uh, site for the titanic okay did that um so then we went to Reykjavik then we went up and around iceland into the arctic circle which the cool part there was as a freshman um just happened to be by luck i happened to be on duty on the bridge on the helm when we actually crossed into the Arctic Circles, so I've got a picture of that. That's awesome. Uh, Blue Nose Ceremony, those kinds of things. And from there it was St. Petersburg, Russia. We went there and then um, backtracked to Reykjavik, or not um, Reykjavik, Kiel, Germany, for Beer Fest, which you can't Necessary beat I Necessary mean, You can't beat that. <laughs> that was just, I mean, I've got a, a photo of the, this massive beer stein you pay like tons of money for this beer stein and it's unlimited. Yeah. You know, and as long as you give it back You're... But we ended up we stole the the mug. I mean I had today I say stole we paid for it and you <laughs> added the deposit. But um you know got photos of that and just the travel and it's one summer after another, more places, different stories and uh then you graduate and went to work for Military Seal of Command and you know I spent the first year and a half kind of bouncing around the East Coast um, in and out of a couple different shipyards. We went to Puerto Rico, Okay. got to do some fun stuff there, and then took my first time off vacation and transferred to a, a new ship, and next thing I knew, I was in Japan, which was crazy. Here, there, here, there. Yeah, <laughs> I never, never, ever wanted to go to any of the asian countries asian culture it just wasn't attractive to me yeah until i went there you got a taste and of it tokyo is like one of the cleanest cities i've ever been to um
1: is that like comparable to new york like yeah. space like space wise yeah. okay. it's just
0: massive and um you know tokyo is amazing singapore singapore is probably my favorite city in the whole world it's same thing. Just anything you can think of if you want to do, it's there. Yeah. Clean. Um, being a hot rod guy, there's tons of supercars running around, which is funny because the roads over there suck. Yeah. But, you know, you'll hear them <laughs> wha- whipping down the street and then like zero to 60 and back. And, and then, that's a Street light <laughs> to street light type thing. But uh, I just love travel, man. I, I couldn't get enough of it.
1: That's awesome. It's uh, Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, I think it's funny that um, me, I'm I personally prefer the warmth. Um, so I think it's funny hearing that you're kind of the main journey that, or the, I guess the start to all that was going through Iceland and, uh, Russia and all these other places. What What was um, what was Iceland like then? I don't know. I don't know what year this was.
0: This would have been. Summer of ninety eight.
1: Okay, so and the reason I asked that so two summer two or three summers ago, my wife and I went to Iceland mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit. So, I would imagine I couldn't. I, it's not overly built up when we were there, so I couldn't imagine that it'd probably be a little shrunken down. No, more than, it, a it more was barren.
0: Reykjavik was a. I don't recall it being like this massive in city or anything. What I remember about Iceland was. Greens and blues. Yeah. It was...
1: Were you there during the um, the summer? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah.
0: So everything was green. Um, when Ended up going to um, Blue Lagoon. Yeah. And seeing that. So that was some amazing colors and blue. Grass being the green that it was. And then the other thing I remember, um, the trucks over there at this time period, I mean, you'd have trucks on 45-inch tires just massive like off-road yeah beasts of these trucks and i was just enamored with the uh (laughs) the machinery so
1: well you kind of needed there in the off season right yeah so so funny story to sidetrack with that so so we went there um and that was kind of part of a larger trip as well That was kind of a pit stop but um that was the only place during that the trip that we actually rented a car because we were going to be there and you obviously got to drive w- around. You can't really walk from city to city mm-hmm. there or travel with uh, transportation. Um, and it was during the summer when we were there too. But like you said, you see all these big trucks, you see all this crazy stuff. Um, we went the, the economical route, got a little, little two-door Fiat, <laughs> run around the gravel trails. <laughs> meep, meep. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was so, it was, it's, it's kind of funny thinking about it. Like, there's no way if it was in the winter that you could get away with that. Right, um, right. But yeah, it's just kind of funny thinking, like, dri- you're driving all these big, huge trucks and you're like, in this little go-kart. Like, <laughs> truck tires <laughs> bigger than the yeah, car yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so... So it, it sounds like kind of these experiences have had some sort of an effect on your life and obviously have opened up your kind of perspective. I mean, you're seeing all these different cultures, different communities, um, people having different challenges, and then mm-hmm. probably even the people that you're around too. So kind of what what kind of affected that sort of have?
0: That's a, that's a great question. It's There's been the impact has just been unreal, like opening up my eyes to different perspectives. And, um, one of the things that it really Mm -hmm. brought to light for me is, you know, here in the United States, I don't think people understand how blessed we are. Yeah. Um, to live in the United States is one of the greatest blessings one could ever have been handed to them um i've been in third world countries and um you know russia and all these other places where it's just it's different and it's one of those you don't really understand what you have yeah you know and so it is brought even though we've got issues in our own trials and tribulations and struggles and everything in the United States, um, even homeless people in the United States, they have blessing beyond what they understand. So that, that's really opened up my eyes to being grateful and thankful for what I do have. Um, for those that are around me, the, the people, the culture, um, I just think a lot of people in the U.S. take stuff for granted. Which is sad, yeah. Because there's there's so much opportunity and so much that you should be thankful for. That you know, go to uh, Liberia and spend a couple months there and see see what it's like. Or yeah, yeah.
1: there's yeah, and I'm sure you've seen some. I mean, kind of, you know, people can read or watch a news clip or whatever about some of those places, and you, you kind of you, you, you try to think that you understand, but unless you, you, you don't get understand. there, you don't know because you're in this bubble. Smells smells,
0: you, know. um, you know, one of the most vivid memories I have is um, we went to Liberia. Um, I was on a ocean-going salvage tug for the Navy. Went over there to... Wave the flag, show good faith, and we were there to teach. Um, The two parts, main parts of the mission were to teach the Monrovian lifeguard or Monrovian coast guard how to swim. Okay. And then we were also there to do uh, salvage ops in a port. Okay. And when we got there, the smells, uh, the port was riddled with trash. Just garbage everywhere and you know putting it into perspective we got on the the dive site and navy divers went down to do a site evaluation and the first thing we had to do was recover um two dead bodies that were individuals were murdered and Just, you know tie a brick to them and throw them in the water wow. type thing so it's puts it in a perspective you know and then you think about why we're there we're there to um Clear out the harbor of um, a yacht that was sunk in there. Yeah, and, you know, during their revolution, it just. Yeah, it's 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 one thing to see a photo or hear a story. It's another to see it in person, get a smell. So. It
1: it it sounds like, kind of obviously it, it, that those experiences had. Kind of. Uh, Two, two effects, like you said, kind of bring you down to reality and also see what else is um, – what is out there. So I, th- I think that sort of might be a good – possibly a, a transition into kind of um, Got Your Six and kind of I – th- I want to say that probably some of those experiences kind of led you into that. So let's talk about Got Your Six, mm-hmm. you know, the basis of, of what it is in the first place, um, and then kind of go from there.
0: Yeah. the Got Your Six Coffee Company. Um, I started – December of 2016, we started coffee, selling coffee. I consider myself in business um, July of 2017. And the whole mission with Got Your Six is um, we use the power of coffee to brew better days for our country. And we do that in such a way where we help first responders, veterans, Healthcare professionals, their families, through a variety of nonprofits that we're passionate about, and um, like I said, just trying to use the power of coffee to to do good for the country. And there are things that led me to that. You know, going back to Liberia, we were one of our uh, my shipmates had a stroke, and it took us almost four days to get a medevaced.
1: I was to say, I mean, that having that happen over there, yep. it's not like you could. to the,
0: Yeah, which is crazy hospital, because, you know? I mean, military seal of command is the logistical arm of the United States Navy. It, it takes us four days to get somebody medevaced. <laughs> like, and that just blew my mind. And then, you know, you tie that into my uncle, he was retired Navy, uh, watching him deal with cancer. Back in the early 2004-2008 uh, time period, and seeing how the Veterans Administration taught him, treated him, and the things that he went through, and uh, you know, imagine being overradiated to the point where your third-degree burns. Yeah, yeah no, he had terrible. intense intestinal cancer, and um, the only survivor of his family was my mom. And she was there for him, but imagine going into the doctor's office and finding out that your rear end is third-degree burns, or chemo to the point where you know you're supposed to get a certain dosage and it ends up being three times the amount that you're supposed to get. It just the, those kinds of things, and so many other things that just really led me to get frustrated, yeah, and hurt and pissed off that you know things have to change and i just found myself in a position where um, you know i was working offshore oil at the time and had gotten laid off and for a guy who spent his entire career on the ocean springfield missouri is (laughs) kind of lacking ocean front so um just several months into it i was i had to do something you know i started to chew up my retirement and to keep the lights on and i worked so hard to get that like if i'm gonna use my retirement i'm gonna use it to go do something good with it yeah and hopefully that old saying that you know give more than you receive and you'll receive more than you ever Mm -hmm. you ever give thinking that if i go do good then i'll get taken care of in the process and um been a crazy four years ever since <laughs>
1: <laughs> well so so question with that so it's, so it's obvious obvious where kind of that passion and some some personal experiences come into play mm-hmm. but where does where does coffee come into play like I, i'll say everybody loves coffee but why did you choose coffee as kind of that avenue to to make this, this impact
0: so i was at that point looking to do a non-profit okay and my background's engineering. I'm not a business degree. I don't have finance degree, any of that stuff. So, you can uh, build a lot of cool stuff. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can build ships and all kinds of things. But I was taking classes at uh, Missouri State with through their Small Business Technology Development Center. Okay. And one of these classes, we we had taken a break, and I'd gotten up, got a cup of coffee, sat back down when we came back to session they said if you were to start a business what would it be and the whole premise of the thought process or the question was that they would do you would tell them what kind of business you wanted to get into and they would pull market research overnight and then the next day they'd give you the market research and you'd continue the evolution of the class well my passion if i was going to do a business at that point would have been overlanding and uh, adventure trailers yeah and i know that's too much of a niche to have supporting documentation so i just said just give me coffee so i can run through the process and next day you know i learned 400 million cups of coffee are consumed in the united states every day if i can use that as a tool the engineer in me was like hey (laughs) one cup of coffee if i can take the profit from that times 400 million do you know what kind of good you could do with that
1: yeah
0: and my brain just went down a rabbit hole and next thing i know i'm doing coffee and so it's you know, people ask me all the time oh you must love coffee it, honestly man for me it was i had no <laughs> for me coffee was a tool literally yeah. You know, if I'm on a ship and the, the main turbine breaks, and I know we're going to spend the next, you know, five six days doing twenty hour shifts repairing it, hell yeah, I was drinking coffee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm so much coffee that I'm sitting there with the wrench trying to like not have jitters Just and get it on the hand. nut type thing. But um, it's coffee is um, what I love about coffee is it's it's an art form. It's yeah. like beer. It's like wine, which you know i made my own beer in college Uh, my folks ran owned a winery and did that for years Uh, so the i saw coffee just like that and the creative side of me i have a very strong creative side of me that complements my structural like the engineering side yeah and i was like man this could be a lot of fun it's the science behind it and uh being able to geek out on the science part but then also being able to to throw in the creative aspect of it i just it became a it was real easy for me to turn that into a passion that's awesome and uh, yeah it's been has been awesome to, every day
1: to to just on the on the coffee side of things what was just coffee as itself, what was the most surprising thing that you think that you've learned like with Mm. with that bare bones of it?
0: Um the most surprising thing about coffee? It's a good question.
1: I mean you know like when you know if I'm going no I'm not gonna use Starbucks. If I go to Mud House, a local place, um I'm just ordering coffee. I'm not necessarily thinking about it. Actually, maybe that's a bad one because they have, yes, diff- they have different dollar. They have different blends. <laughs> you can different talk about blends. Star Dollar. Um, but, you know, not a lot of, I mean, some people, Actually, I feel like it's kind of catching on, but, you know, you just think of a cup of coffee as a cup of coffee. You know, mm-hmm. Okay, That's what's available and take this, but then once you start getting into the notes and the different blends and all this kind of stuff.
0: I think for me it was just that. I mean, I grew up, my parents drank coffee and it was Folgers or Maxwell House, yeah. whatever it was, they were, drinking and um you know growing up i might have a cup of coffee here and there and you have that experience of what coffee is at that time right but then fast forward to where i'm starting to do got your six and you know you're trying freshly roasted coffee you know a lot of people there's so much about coffee that i don't think the general public knows yeah like You go to the store, you buy something off the shelf, the odds are that coffee's been in that bag or that container for seven to nine months. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't understand what fresh coffee is. The moment you roast it, just like if you're grilling a steak, Mm -hmm. you grill a steak, you let it rest for five minutes. You roast coffee, you let it rest for three days. In that process, the beans are degassing and, you know, you're going to get different flavors and different tastes if you drink it within that time period from that three day mark out to about the 16 week mark is considered to be the freshest coffee's ever going to be okay right so you're you're That's going six, 16 weeks you said? yeah that if it's a little longer than what i would have if thought. it's packaged and, and sealed, sealed and... and protected and uh if you get the bean it's going to last to the you know if you do ground versus bean you'll probably get 12 weeks okay the bean will last longer but what's happening in that time period is coffee is degassing, um, oxidation's happening, the moisture and the oils and the beans, they're evaporating and that's where all your flavors are. So like getting into coffee and finding out that, hey, you know, you can roast something and with it being fresh, you're gonna get Strongly, like as an example, um, one of our new coffees is Compass Rose. Mm-hmm. It's a French roast, and when you roast it and you put it in the container and you know let it, let it rest for three days, when I open up that container, it just floods me with natural, like if you were to close your eyes and imagine um, a bakery, just that dark chocolate or the chocolates and the the Smell of like cherry pie, the yeah. dark cherries, and then you sprinkle in the the notes of just like tobacco, not like the smoke, but the leaves. Yeah, it's oh my goodness! <laughs> it is just like so incredible that like you can sit here and catch those notes, and um, and not only do you catch it at that process, but then when you like you grind it, you're gonna get stronger notes of one or the other, or if you brew it, you're going to get things that pop off. And um, even between like doing drip coffee Mm -hmm. brewed versus cold brew, you get different. And it's that part amazes me. That is like that artistic, like, you know, just, Oh, if I do this, I'm going to tweak this. And it like flourishes this part of the uh, experience, that part, that's what's amazed yeah. me about coffee is just the, the depth yeah. to which you can go with every origin, every style. I mean, you can take one cup of coffee, you can brew it, you can do Chemex, you can do a pour over, you can do French press, you can do cold brew, nitro brew, and each one is going to affect coffee differently. And so that part has been the, uh, the amazement to me.
1: Yeah, I bet that's pretty fun mess around experiment it's a blast (laughs) i have i have the best job i've ever had in my life man
0: you know not not just because of the philanthropic side of being able to help veterans first responders their families healthcare professionals all that fun stuff but also just the the ambiance of coffee yeah you know it's
1: and you're never tired on the job, either. Uh, so. That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. <laughs> that's the um, truth. So, so with that, back to the um, the kind of the uh, helping the veterans and that kind of side of things, what are some What are some of the different organizations that that you've worked with um, and and even maybe some stories and examples of different individuals or organizations that you've been able to support and oh, kind of seen that impact?
0: How long is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I would just kind of um, do some highlights. Uh, we've done everything from the crazy part is I spent the first four years trying to prove the mission mm-hmm. and without, I always had in my head that if, cause it's, it's me. I saw it as if people saw the passion, they would come on board and support it. And which is true. They've, they've seen it, the passion, um, It it just hasn't had the the relevance or the viral moment Mm -hmm. yet, if you will, which is fine because there's been, I've needed room to grow and and learn. Figure things out, yeah. But, um, I mean, we've done everything from putting together fundraisers for, I was actually this morning talking to Donnie Davis. He's an Air Force veteran. Um, He's a pastor. He runs Operation Safe Haven up in uh, New Jersey. They do tiny homes for homeless vets. Oh, cool. Um, he was one of the first beneficiaries of our efforts where we we put together a giveaway, and we ended up raising a little over $10,000. Um, we did 80% to him, uh, which helped him to build a, a tiny home. And then we took 10% to... Um, Kids of Our Heroes Adventure Camp, which is actually local. Yeah. Uh, They're out in Aurora. Um, They, what they do is they take kids of fallen heroes and they put them, put them through a summer camp. So, um, kids that have lost a parent in the line of duty are surrounded by other kids who have lost their parent in the line of duty. And it's a faith-based, um, summer camp where they help them, they give them coping skills. They help them to, um. Uh, build their confidence and and that kind of thing. And then the other ten percent went to Peterson Outdoor Ministries, which is out north of uh, Joplin, Web City. And so doing that. Most recently, um, you know, we've done Beans and Bullets event a couple years in a row, where we put thirty first responders and veterans through two days of training. Uh, the first year we did, uh, if you've seen the. Or know the movie, the Thirteen Hours, the attack on Benghazi. Oh yeah, yeah. We had two of the secret soldiers in Benghazi came out. Really, they taught two day defensive pistol course. Okay. Um, then in twenty nineteen, we did two day tactical rifle course. Okay. Um, put guys through that. It's just a way. It's a way for us to give back to the community. A lot of people think that you know police officers. You go become a police officer, and you're this like super equipped robocop that's had all this training downloaded to him, whatnot. Not's not the case. Yeah, you know, it's. I'm um, sure that varies widely from
1: county to county and it varies city to city. Exactly,
0: and, you know, you know, Green County Sheriff's Department. If you want to become a deputy, you go through the academy. You get basic pistol training, you get basic rifle training, that kind of stuff, and then you go and you qualify, and then. Once you become deputized, you go to work, it's on you to update your skills. Okay, And that's, unless you're in like SWAT or SWAT, you'll get some extra training. But even then, you know, you can never have too much training. No. You know, so why not give these tools to where they can take back to serve their communities? It helps to protect them, train them. Um, It's a way for us to say thank you to them. You know, giving them expensive training. You know, like, uh, if you were to take any one of those classes right off the bat, you're looking five hundred and fifty dollars for the class itself. Wow, I not know. Um, tactical rifle, five hundred fifty dollars for just the class. Then you're looking, you're going through twenty five hundred rounds of ammo. So ammo's not cheap. No. You know, and to be able to cover expenses like that and help them out and give them training. It's huge. It's a way for us to say thank you to them. It's a way to give them tools. Plus, we use the event as a, a way to commemorate fallen heroes Yeah. and tell their stories, interview the families, and talk about those who have died in the line of duty. Um, we've done stuff like that. We've done um, charitable things where it's kind of like a pay it, pay it forward campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, buy three bags to give a bag. You know, One of my favorite things over the last couple of years is Christmas time, being able to go around to all the different fire departments. And uh, Christmas Eve, surprise them, you know, knock-knock, myself, my family, my kids. We go, we give bags of coffee and thermoses or cups or whatever to those that are on duty, and we leave some for uh, those that are coming on duty Christmas morning kind of thing. We recently uh, just did something where um, the Redding Fire Department, out in California. There's a brewery out there that we collaborated with. They took our coffee, made an Imperial Russian coffee stout, canned it, we get a, por- a portion of the sale, and we're taking 100% of that, and this part, the Reading Fire Department doesn't know about it yet, but the um, we're taking 100% of that and making coffee subscriptions and sending it to fire departments for a year. Yeah, so awesome. they're gonna get like top of the line coffee for in a year, and it's just the it's a way for us to give back. You know? Yeah, I think outside the box, whatever I can come up with. Uh, we've worked with you. We've done the the t shirt campaigns, which have been awesome. Uh, we just did the uh, shop with a first responder for the Willard Police Department. Uh, prior to that, we did a shirt campaign for uh, Team Overland out in Oregon. They take uh, veterans out on um, overlanding adventures, help them to cope with PTSD. So it's, I mean, there's, we do so much stuff. As I
1: was gonna say, it's cool too because, I mean, you have the the actual monetary give back that you do, but you also do things that are outside of that as well. It mm-hmm. creates kind of that community. So it's not, you know, obviously money is important, you know, for some instances and in some things but showing that community support i feel like it's just as important in a lot of cases
0: yeah and that's where like for me the last four years i've been so focused on the mission proving the mission and you know you can only do so much with whatever resources you have yeah right so if you look at a, like a lot of the stuff we've done it's the resource has been time and energy coordinating things putting things together that kind of stuff um to be able to do so much now with basically nothing like I know we're going to get there. Watch what I do when I have the resource. Yeah. Cause it's going to be, nobody's going to be able to stand next to what we're doing.
1: Yeah. And it's yeah. such a, I mean, it's such a, a powerful mission, I guess, you know, to who, who you're helping, who you're affecting um, all those things. So yeah. that's awesome. So, so with that, uh, you know, what, I guess and, and kind of you just kind of mentioned right there, you know, watch 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 what I do when I do have that <laughs> what is what it would be like your ultimate I guess vision or idea. I mean, and obviously I'm sure that evolves here and there every day, but I ideally, I guess I'm asking this cuz like I said, I know know how passionate you are about all of this, so I think it's interesting kind of
0: I what my ideal would be. I don't necessarily have just one. Well, I uh, guess I consume assume that too. <laughs> kind of tying it into like the idea of the octopus. Octopus has eight arms. We're lending a hand into the community in eight different ways. You know, we're helping um, Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force, Coast Guard, EMT, law enforcement, firefighters. Um, my mind, we I can tell you right now, we definitely don't have time on the podcast. We, <laughs> but it's, there are so many things I want to do. And it's just a matter of taking like one step at a time. You know how do you how do you how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. Yeah, you know, talking with Donnie this morning from the beginning, one of my goals has been to um, um, to be able to go to Donnie and present him with a check for 1.3 million and pay off his operation so he's debt free, and then from that point the next part with you know just talking with donnie is at that point donnie comes to missouri and we replicate what he's doing up there yeah you know and and start making that impact um it's uh, one of the things i i learned uh, a while back was the green county sheriff's department their canine unit is funded 100 percent by donation really yeah did not know that.
1: And They have a pretty good. They I have guess by standard canine. They unit, have right? a
0: phenomenal. I think they're probably, if not one of the number one units, canine units in the country. And as I got looking at that, there's a lot of other canine units that are run off a donation. Yeah. How cool would it be to to be able to, you know, pay for all that? Yeah. Or um, just you talk about when I started this, there was forty-seven thousand homeless veterans, right? Um, I understand that there's some that you just can't help. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got that spectrum of no matter what you do to try and help somebody, they've got to want it themselves first. But if we were to just take a spectrum and go half, the top half, what would it take to put those 20,000, 24,000 veterans in homes? Yeah. You know, in the grand scheme of things, really not a whole lot. Yeah. And why can't I prove that model and then do the same thing with the other homeless individuals? You know, I... I spent a lot of time just thinking, you know, what, what can we do outside the box? You know, how can I make this country better? How can I make my community better? How can I make my – the world better? You know, that's – a lot of ideas. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's I mean, that's good. Like I said, it shows, obviously, a lot of passion. And I know from working with you and all that stuff, you have a lot of ideas, a lot of passion. And that's, that's good because you never really you, – you, you, your mind's not really stagnant, you know, it's always going to be something else and thinking of what's next or if that doesn't work, well then I'll pivot and try that this way. That might be a
0: bad thing too. <laughs> I mean, having well. <laughs> so many things that are, Yeah,
1: you know. uh, Keeps things fun, keeps things meaningful and yep. helps out with that. So, so one thing I like to always kind of um, ask my guests or whatnot is a piece of advice that you would have for someone um, who wants to go down kind of a similar path as you have? I mean, one, you kind of, you know, start a business almost by a necessity, um, and that necessity was kind of that want and need to give back. So, and that obviously can be a, a big task, especially if you're if you're combining starting a business with that at the same time. So what what kind of advice or suggestions would you have to somebody that might want to tackle something that large, or even maybe a smaller scale of just at the bare minimum? You know get involved in the community you know without the business side of things
0: one bit of advice that i love giving out that took me what 38 years to figure out is no matter what you do don't chase money because i did that and um don't get me wrong i'm i don't regret going down that path and and traveling the world and doing all that stuff but at the end of the day there were parts of that that i loved Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i guess for me the bit of advice is don't follow money look internal find what your passion is whatever it is make that your career that's been one of the things that when I started Got Your Six one of a friend of mine slash mentor, somebody I look up to um, Clay Croft with Expedition Overland he, back in the beginning of his journey once said, turn your passions into a career and you'll never work another day in your life and I took that to heart and yeah. really started to question myself. What are my passions? What do I love doing? You know, And if you look back over my life, it's always been serving other people, helping people, outdoor stuff, um, cars, trucks, guns, those outdoor stuff. And if, if you know anything about the things that I love and you look at Gotcha 6, <laughs> yeah. it's, there's your footprint. Yeah. Everything I love about my passions i've made got your sex yeah you know we we give we help we do adventures we have fun so find your passion figure it out take the time up front um, to me if you do that and you just turn your passion into your career you're going to be happy i mean it's a, it's about the joy and the the happiness it's not about the the dollar which
1: this might be a weird question but kind of once you kind of flip that switch in your head kind of the advice that you just gave did you find that things i guess maybe started to fall in place a little bit i don't know if i'm kind of going off of a little bit of the advice but you know like you said you know you start you know what you love you know your passion is outdoors helping others coffee you know all this stuff did you find that you know once you focused on what you were you were passionate about the things i don't know if that makes sense or not yeah
0: um absolutely um i am beyond blessed beyond what i deserve um i am blessed in probably different ways than i don't know maybe the normal person might take Mm -hmm. you know blessings to me are um Blessing to me, when I first started Got Your 6, I had my was in my office, and uh, sitting there working. My son, who at that point was probably three and a half, four maybe, comes running into my spare bedroom, and Daddy, Daddy, Daddy! And I turn my chair around, and he is uh, he's jamming a pile of Legos in my face. It's just a hodgepodge of different colors, and you know, just this crazy contraption. And uh, you know, like any parent, "That's awesome, bud. What is it?" <laughs> and uh, he's like, "It's my coffee maker. I'm gonna help people too." <laughs> Dude, I I lost it. I mean, you, you see now. I I. Anytime I think about that story, that's just to be able to know that at three and a half years old he sees it
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah that's and i i've one of the things that brings me great joy is that and you know we talked about the christmas eve being able to go around the to to take my daughters my stepdaughters and and my my son and my wife and to have them all experience that i'm blessed man yeah there's No amount of money is worth it, you know, to have those experiences. And I can sit here and tell you over and over and over all these different little things and on why I'm blessed. Uh, It's I've definitely found peace, joy. um, I found my calling. Yeah, you know,
1: that's that's a. That's an awesome story to, yeah, to have your son and I, you know, my, my oldest is two right now. So like hope to see those things happen, you know, as he kind of developed, but yeah, I could totally see that as, like I said, being a parent of a young one right now and him coming up and you're like, wow, he's, he's actually watching what I'm doing and what yeah. I care about and the passion I have and comprehending that at, you know, three yep. or whatever. Yep. Um, And then to still kind of, you know, kind of build and show that character and, and yep. instill that in them it only takes one person you know right it's a ripple effect
0: to be able to see there you know see that for my son and um, I've got a teenage daughter we'll go do events and just seeing her smile and how it affects people yeah uh, blessed yeah you know blessed
1: and it comes in many ways and a lot of them are the most important ways are not monetary
0: exactly exactly
1: so, well, well, with that, where can people find, um, got your six online? Where can people pick up some coffee? Where are to you see your next events. Um, all that fun stuff.
0: Oh man. Uh, got your six Everything spelled out. Got your six coffee.com. Uh, we're on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We're spinning up YouTube, getting more in depth with that. Uh, we've got retail locations throughout the country Uh, a couple of them that are here in springfield local you've got um tommy hawksack's house in downtown um downtown battle um downtown tactical has our coffee as well um and uh yeah we're um people don't know it yet but keep an eye out because we might have uh Uh, coffee shop location coming in the in the near future Uh uh-oh
1: yep did did we hear it first then (laughs) uh, yes uh actually
0: you are the first to uh to get that public so uh if you do hear this and uh check us out on social media um to get the latest and greatest and uh while you're there we do weekly giveaways too so awesome throw your chance at uh we do a thing where uh, you tag a friend and like the post, and the idea is that coffee is community. Yeah. So we give away a – we pick a winner. Whoever the winner is, they obviously win coffee, and then whoever they tagged oh, cool. uh, gets a bag of coffee too. So. Oh,
1: well, that's a different – yeah, because I heard that before, but not where the other people yeah, get tagged Yeah, where you, where too, you have right? to tag like 500 <laughs> people and then, you when know. everybody gets tagged as well. Exactly. That's
0: awesome. it's, uh it's It's a win-win. Coffee is community, especially with, you know – how 2020 was and yeah. how we were all cooped up and everything it's let's let's really make coffee as a community get a chance to reach out have some fun you know coffee fuels adventure um if nothing else have a skype call and check in on your friends families buddies whatever yeah enjoy a cup of coffee a couple laughs maybe a couple tears whatever so That's awesome. figure out how you can uh, have a great day There you go.
1: Well, guys, make sure um, you you check out uh, the website um, and online and everything they have going on. Uh, Maybe win yourself some coffee. Pop in their soon-to-be coffee shop as well. Um, But, Eric, thank you again for being on today's podcast, kind of sharing um, kind of your personal story of traveling and all that stuff and kind of how that all transitioned and got your six and the passion and mission behind it. Thank you. I appreciate you and your time. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.